American football in Finland. <laughs> the voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by both my co-hosts, Coach Q and Chris Green. Welcome to the show, fellas. What's going on, Perv? What's up, Chris? Yeah, what's up, boys? Good to be back. Been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the AFL podcast is available on all podcast outlets. And it's also available on YouTube. So wherever you listen or watch your podcast, you can find AFF. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. It's first down. We get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. Q, we'll start with you. What's going on with you, man? Nothing, 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 man. I'm ready to get into the show, man. I'm pretty sure Chris got something going on. I don't have anything today, folks. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Oh uh, well, as you know, I'm still playing my team. We are now seven and one with two games remaining. We need to win next week to go to the ship. And your boy Spencer Cutland. Had to come in and play QB for us um, for at least two and a bit quarters, and he's out there throwing passes to me. So you know, dimes. <laughs> he, was, he was throwing dimes. We know Spencey was throwing dimes. For me, just want to give a shout out to Porvu, the city, because uh, Sunday I went to the game. Uh, somehow, I actually ended up at a game instead of watching from home. And the city of Porvu, like. The game, the fans, everything was top-notch. Loved it. They have some real, like, football, football fans out there. Like, there was people that were there just to, you know, do something. There were people there that was hardcore into the game. There were people there that didn't know why they were there. They had everything. And then afterwards, I got to see a little bit of Porvu towards the evening time. And, you know, it's a beautiful city. So, shout-out to Porvu. Great city. Uh, great football organization town i'll be back one day i don't know how soon but one day do you love football do you enjoy the aff podcast well we need your help to keep this party going if you think you can be an asset to our team please contact us immediately about joining the aff squad email all inquiries to american football in finland at gmail.com or send us a dm on instagram the players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier in the week. But, of course, we got to explain our picks in depth outside of the stats. First up, let's talk about Offensive Player of the Week, Vincent McDonald, wide receiver from Corpio Steelers. His stats were five receptions, 127 yards, three touchdowns, with 214 all-purpose yards. Q, what were your thoughts on him this week? Um, I think he played a, a critical part in them winning this game um, because uh, UNC on offense wouldn't go away. You know, they wouldn't go away. And uh, I think his three touchdowns actually played a played a major role in them keeping a, a somewhat of a momentum going. But he had a big monster game. Um, one, he left him one-on-one -on -one a lot, um, put him in some great matchup situations, and he took advantage of it. And um, – being that reason over got hurt, I think they needed that to, to keep extending the lead. They, uh, UNC couldn't just take over the game because of him. 
Um, he has some major catches, some major big play catches. And that's what you do. That's what you want from your imports. That's what you sign them for, games like that. You, you want them to have monster games like this all the time. But definitely when it does happen, um, you can tell the difference in, in, in the role that it played in the game. So he definitely deserved it. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool that he had three catches. I mean, he had five catches, three touchdowns. That's pretty efficient to me. What is that? Uh, 60% of his his catches went for tubs. When they threw it to him, like in the red zone area, he took it off of whatever DB head was there. I, it might have been two different DBs. might have been the same one. It didn't matter. Vincent was going to reach down and take that thing off that head. And then when he broke that tackle on that long one, um, shout out to RJ Long, who didn't want no business, because that's what that was. But he also showed how strong and fast he is being able to finish those plays. And we didn't really like – I mean, we called him an offensive player, but – it needs to be said that he had a crucial kickoff return in this game as well that set them up and got them in position to score. So he was really all around one of the best players for the Steelers in this one. And just shout out to him for having a great game. What about you, Chris? You had any thoughts on McDonald? I like this pick. And the reason why I like this pick, and it's something that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, this boy was out here mossing DBs. <laughs> he was just out there taking that ball and saying it was his and that, and and that for me just just speaks volumes. And like you say, he had to pick up the slack when Reasonover got hurt, and he just showed what a big playmaker he can be in this offense, especially when you got QB underthrowing you all the time. So you know you got to go back up and go get that ball. Yeah, that's you said the best right there about the underthrows. So going to the defensive side, somehow we end up on the same team. And we go Achilles Leroy, linebacker for Corpio Steelers. He had 12 and a half tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup, one blocked uh, punt that ended up turning into a touchdown for them. I want to say this is like the third time we picked him for <laughs> defensive player of the week. And we mm-hmm. talked about it in the chat. We had someone else picked, and they were like, but we can't not give it to him just because we've given it to him so many times. And that's kind of how this situation went. That's what I think, because I didn't want to give it to him. I was like, he always does great. But we we just have to, you know, put aside our biases on this one. Just, you know, give this man his flowers. He was out there doing everything that you want from a linebacker. That's what I love about his play is that he's not just, you know, one of those guys that gets a whole bunch of tackles. Because obviously you could do that. There's a lot of linebackers that come in and make a lot of tackles and get the stats, blase, blase. But you look at the stats, that pass breakup that he had, he blocked the pass that probably was going to turn into a first down by throwing up his hands on a pass rush. And then he had a block that turned into a touchdown. Like not only is he making all the tackles for the defense, he's cleaning everything else up and making impact plays by himself. Like these are all solo moments, you know. These aren't things where he's, you know, clinging on and getting a whole bunch of assisted tackles. And I'm not – I didn't look at his solo tackles in this game, but if he had 12 and a half, he probably had 10 solos. Like that's how that's how he does it. He does the work. He gets it done, and you don't have to worry about helping him. And just want to say great performance this week. He's the other side of the coin of why they came out with the win in this one for me. What about you guys? I think he was. I think he was well deserving of it. Again, I mean, like I like I said last two weeks, he reminded me of me. 
Um, he just all he's like he just I mean like you know and when I say that I'm not saying it in like you know like arrogant football way I'm just saying like I when I played ball I was like always around the ball yeah. that's your job as a as a as a defender period it's not everybody on defense that wants every tackle that wants every sack this dude is one of those linebackers who wants every single play and guys like that people with that mentality um, they tend to have success in every game because of that. Um, they read, they, they, he controls their defense. He knows what they want to do. He has speed. He's sideline to sideline. He is a complete linebacker. He is exactly what Porvo, I'm not Porvo, but he's exactly what Corpio signed him to do. And that's what you want. You want him to show up every single game. That's what he's been doing. Um, he might not make every play, but he's there. Um, his presence alone is, is what you want. And uh, he's been balling, man. You can't take it away from him. Like you said, there's other people that, that have some pretty good defensive games. But his impact in this game, um, uh, the touchdown saving tackles, the the hits, everything, like he, he creates a, a, a environment that you want to you want the rest of the defensive guys to follow. So he definitely balled out. I do want to throw out there, I just looked at his stats. Yes, he had 10 solos. Out of them 12 and a half tackles, he had 10 solos and five assists. So – just saying, like, dude's a monster out there. Chris, you got anything you want to add about Leroy? Uh, I'm going to give him a new nickname, and his nickname <laughs> is he is the problem. And he is a problem for all offenses out there because this boy is just everywhere. And he makes some big collisions and things that don't show up on the stat sheets are stuff like shedding blocks. He's the hard man to block. And he gets off them blocks and makes a tackle. He's, he's like, like Q said, he is the complete linebacker is exactly what you need from an import linebacker and he's he's showing out this season i don't care if we're giving it three three times to him i don't care if we give it three more times to him if he deserves it he gonna get it yeah that's what's up and i guess now that we're done with the players of the week uh i'm gonna air out my grievances like i said i would i feel like this is the right time because we're doing players of the week um guys if you're anybody who's listening or watching obviously we pick who we think is deserving of offense and defensive player of the week every week and it could be multiple guys. There's a lot of times where we're like, it really don't even matter who we pick. It could have been five or six different people, but we're just going to pick one that really stood out to us. One thing that we've done over the years, especially recently, is on the social media and stuff, yeah, we put out like these players' stats so people can see it, but we don't look at stats. When we choose the players, we've yet to look at anybody's individual stats. We, we're going purely off of game impact and eye test, what we saw that impacted the game. Now, I say this because we're recording on a Monday this week instead of a Sunday, which means the actual like players of the week have actually come out before we record instead of after. So people have already responded to them. And we have some haters. And I, I just I'm gonna read the comment online because I, I want people to know how much people wanna hate on what we do. So I'm just gonna read it. And then I'm gonna give you my immediate reaction and then we'll move on. But if I read it, this is what it says in English. This is written by a Finnish person in English with no translation. I follow American football rather closely. I'm also involved involved with our local team, Crocodiles. There are several independent sites, et cetera, who call themselves experts. Some of them pick players of the week and all kinds of stuff. Now, I am not sure if my knowledge of the game in Finnish Maple League is good enough, 
Therefore, I ask from all my friends who know even a little about the game, a little help. A hypothetical question. Who would you pick as Offensive Player of the Week? A wide receiver with over 150 yards, five catches, and three touchdowns in the middle of the table game? Or a running back with 210 rushing yards, five catches, and about 20 yards, and three touchdowns in top of the table clash and road win? That's all it says. That's all it says. Anyone who's read this, obviously, they're talking about us, right? No one else does a player of the week outside of the actual SAJL. American Football in Finland is the only other news source in Finland that covers American football. So obviously, we're the topic of discussion for this specific person, and he felt the need to put this question and put one player against another, which I take offense to because I feel like that's a lack of support for the sport. When people do great things, we support them. If they don't do great things, we call them out on it. But what we don't do is try to pit each other against other people within the community. That's not something we've ever done out of spite. And this comment was made out of spite. It was made on like Facebook, I think, not even like an Instagram. They didn't tag us or anything, which shows a cowardice that only a certain type of person would have. And I would just like to let that person know if they're listening, they probably don't even listen. That makes more sense. But if they are listening, you can get at me anytime. I, I know this person personally. They know me. I mean, everyone knows I live in Lati. You can find me in certain cities. You really got a problem problem. Bring it to me. But we don't need all this uh, passive aggressive online. And this would actually fall under the terms of bullying that some people would say, right? which is, you know, a no-no in 2023. But I won't go there with it. And I'll just leave it at that, that everything we do, we do with full transparency. And we would love to get the same from anyone else involved in the sport. If you dislike something we write or wrote or say, you know, tag us, start a conversation. We have no problem with that. A lot of people talk to us, air their grievances. We usually find common ground. Can't find common ground if you're just, you know, throwing us under the bus by yourself and ignoring us while we are the ones that you're specifically talking about. So that's all I got. And then we'll move on. Let's talk about some of the key player performances from this week. And normally I do them in like order of the games, but we've got to talk about. Christian Powell running back from Sinioki Crocodiles. This week, he had 23 attempts, 213 yards, three touchdowns, and 232 all-purpose yards. And in doing so, CP, the man, the legend, became the all-time league leader in the Maple League rushing yards. So that means he's number one. No one has more rushing yards than him. So if I was to compare him to someone in the States, that makes him like Emmett Smith. Is that right? Would that be the mm-hmm. right guy? He would be like the yeah. Emmett Smith of the Maple League now. And with the three touchdowns, he actually moved to like number two on the list in in total touchdowns all time. I think he has 90-something, and he needs like 116 to, to beat Stokes. So if he he's already played five, I think this is his sixth season. 
think if he plays another season, maybe two, he's going to win that thing. And in this game, it was evident that, you know, he was one of the best players on the field. When he got the ball, sliced through the butchers whenever he wanted to. He was the only one, but he did do it more than everyone else in this game. So credit to Christian Paul and congratulations on a great achievement um, of being able to be so consistent in the Maple League year after year, game after game, this game included, where you were basically playing for first place. You guys got anything to add about CP? Yeah, yeah, of course. I just I just, just piggyback off what you said. Congratulations to Christian Powell. You know, we've been watching him play over the years. And uh me and you part, we we've been keeping up with Finnish football for a long time. And uh I can say honestly, since I've been a part of American football um in Finland, not the show, but just in Finland period, I've seen a lot of running backs um play in this league. Um what he's doing and what he did is is a major accomplishment. Um, I think people should really, really uh, take this moment in and understand that, like, from years from now, uh, it's it's hard to do this, to do what he's doing. It's hard to stay healthy, to get your body right enough to be that productive to where you can consistently uh, average certain rushing yards per season, per year. And uh, Christian Powell does a great job, obviously, of, of keeping his body together. But, I mean, this is a real, real big accomplishment. All-time leading rusher. Um, like we was talking about on the chat, uh, I think uh, I, I I'm saying this now, uh, not just to, to bring it up because we're talking about it, but that's that's major what he's doing. The touchdowns, obviously, he he'll probably get that if he keeps playing. Um, I would like to see him beat the single season rushing um, record, but that's kind of hard because uh, they throw the ball, you know. Yeah. But but for what he's done. What he's doing, Chris and Powell, we appreciate you, man. Um, I know you could have ran to any other league that you probably wanted to, but you stayed here. Um, you submitted your name in the history books forever in Finland, and nobody ever better, you know, take that away from him. So congratulations, Chris and Powell. What about you, Chris? Anything to say to that, yeah. man? Yeah, again, just CP15, he's been doing it for a while. He, he is legitimately one of, if not, the best running back to have graced Finland. He is one of the he's in that conversation. He's in that top three, top five conversation of all time running backs that have played in Finland. And he deserves this accolade. This man works hard. He stayed in Senayoki. It's his sixth season. Like he deserves it. We just gotta give him his flowers and in power we trust, baby. In power we trust. And just last thing I'll say is I I I I spent a little time with him after the game. He didn't even look tired. Like, <laughs> he had 20 carries, 200 yards. And and he's a physical back, so there was contact. And he just looked fine. Just walking around, just happy as could be. Like, it's just astonishing to me because I feel like he could probably still play another four or five years. Easily, actually. And that's, real, that's a lot to say at the running back position. I feel like, you know, receivers, quarterbacks, DBs, places where you don't necessarily get contact every play, it's easier to have that longevity. But when you play running back, and he's been the, the central force of their offense for five years playing running back, you can't say that about anybody in any football league. Like, that's not – that doesn't happen. You can't play running back for half a decade – 
be the guy that needs 20, 20 carries a game and be that productive. And that's what he's done. He's been productive, consistent for half a decade. It just sounds like a lot when I say it. Damn, that's a lot. But moving on, getting back to uh, key performers, First, next guy I got up is R.J. Long, wide receiver from UNC Crusaders. He had eight receptions, 151 yards, one touchdown, 243 all-purpose yards. In this game, they were trying to feed R.J. everything. I know he only had eight receptions, but I feel like they threw it to him like 30 times. I think uh, Yodel was throwing it to number three all game. And he was doing his thing. And, again, he, he makes that case for one of the best receivers in the league. I know that's the name that comes up every time I say someone else to Coach Q. That's the guy he's thinking of is R.J. Long. In this game, he actually looked it, looked apart. Like, stats and game-wise, he was unstoppable in this game. Just, you know, Crusaders aren't going to win games just because. Uh, you know, my boy, man. <laughs> he's he going to show up when he show out. You know what I'm saying? They, they, he can do it. He, he's doing all he can to help, you know, try to get them W's over at UNC. Um, anything that RJ does is, is not surprising to me. Um, he's still one of the top players, I believe, you know, in the Maple League. And he shows it. Uh, he doesn't get to show it every game, but obviously going both ways, that's a lot. But even going both ways and still having some production on offense and still being able to put them in a position um, to help them win is still big, though. So shout out to RJ. Yeah, he does play both ways. I'm going to move on to the next person I got on here. Yanni Lindquist, defensive lineman from Corpio Steeler. Big number 82 now. Used to be number 99 back in the day. I don't know why he changed number. You're not playing tight end, Yanni. You know that. But he had five tackles, three tackles for loss, one and a half sack. What was interesting about Yanni that stood out in this game was he was in the backfield every play. Every play. He, he dominated the offensive line for the Crusaders. He had no problem getting through them all game. And he effectively affected what the Crusaders did with the ball. Riley Odell and Seth Rowland were never comfortable in that backfield because Johnny Lynch was kept that pressure up the whole game. I really think if he was, you know, playing against lesser individuals at those positions, he would have had more sacks and more tackles for loss in this game. I think he probably would have had close to the, you know, 10 tackles, five tackles for loss, and like three sacks. But, again, you're playing against a certain individual. There's nothing you can do. But he did have a certain amount of pressure that kept those guys uncomfortable, and that's really what kept them holding UNC's offense to, you know, a couple of good plays here, a couple of good plays there, instead of a consistent stream of them doing what they want. And that just had to go off to Yanni for a really good game this week. I'm going to go to my next guy. Here's a sleeper. This is a sleeper pick. I don't think anybody else would have picked him as a key performer this week, but I'm going with Demetrius Sinodinos, quarterback for the Helsinki Roosters. My guy. No, I'm not going to call him my guy. Uh, The quarterback, sorry. (laughs) The quarterback. (laughs) One game, you can't become my guy. You got to do more than that. He was 14 for 21. That's 67%. 241 yards, three touchdowns. Added 33 rush yards, and that's including like he had he had sack yardage, so he probably had closer to 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. He accounted for four touchdowns in this game. He threw for almost 70. percent 
He was lights out all game. He used his arm and his leg. He made all the plays that you want a quarterback to play. He played a great game, didn't turn over the ball. That's what you want from a quarterback. And I know we're we're setting the bar kind of low in the Maple League this year, but no matter where you put that that performance, it would never be a, well, you know, it was at, no, that was a good game. He played really good. And his team needed that from him. And that's how they were able to get the win this week is they leaned a little bit on their quarterback and he was able to carry them probably for the first time this season. And I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that, that Demetrius, he had a good game out there. Y'all guys want to add anything about this one? Yeah, I got one thing. I, I, I We gave him a hard time, I think, especially me, gave him a hard time at the start of the season because yeah. he didn't have a great, great start early on. But I feel like he has progressed and got better as the season's gone on and like you say this is the game he needed to put his team on his back and he did that and he he was just he was just very efficient and that's what you want from your quarterback you want efficiency you want to making the right reads throwing the right balls I feel like he's got a good connection with with Kittner although Kittner was kind of shut out by Alpha this this game but you know he, he had other guys that he could throw to and he just uses efficiency well so yeah hats off and that leads me to the next guy on my list, Alpha Jallo, defensive back for the Wasser Royals. He's making the list as a defensive back. He had seven Ooh. tackles, two pass breakups, and similar to what I used a couple of weeks ago with one of the guys is what he did was he held Kittner to four receptions for 38 yards. He followed Kittner Ooh. all game. Kittner, sorry. He followed Kittner all game and held that guy to – not having a normal Danny Kittner game. And what he really did was he changed the way the Roosters' offense behaved. Because if you watch this game, they had Kittner at running back. Like, that's how they were trying to get him the ball. They were they moved him from inside to outside, put him at running back, and wherever he went, Alpha was there. So hats off to Alpha Jallo for doing a great job defensively, just holding it down and making the Roosters go elsewhere. Now, the fact that Cinedinos was able to go elsewhere and have success, that's not on Alpha. That's on the rest of them, what, 16, 17-year-old kids they got back there playing defense. (laughs) That ain't Alpha's fault. What Alpha did was exactly what you wanted him to do in that game, was he took their import receiver off the board. And that's, that's the most you could expect from him to do in that game, as well as play receiver. And he did a really good job of it. Um, let's get to the last guy I got on the list. He had a really good game. Mickey J running back from Port Vue Butchers. He had 33 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 69 yards receiving, 102 all-purpose yards. Stats-wise, not anything really impressive for Mickey J. But if you've watched the game that he played in, he was that spark. He was that that guy that they needed to make a play. He make a play when they needed a little bit of yardage. He was that guy. In the fourth quarter, he became a receiving threat. Like in the second half of the game, they start throwing him the ball a little bit more. And you could see he was getting three or four yards with the pass game, but he was expanding that defense. He was letting them know where the holes were, which allowed for some of his teammates to get open later. So really, he just he played that glue in this game. And I really think, you know, despite that one call, if they would have had, you know, a different score going in towards the end of the game, he would have been the one with the ball to make the play that 
could have maybe won this game for them. So he showed a, a lot of potential and a lot of promise this week. So that's why he's one of the key performers. And that's all of them, guys. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. We all know the results of last weekend's games. And if you don't know the results, you can follow us on Instagram and you'll see that we put up the scores for every weekend's Maple League game. So you just go to American Football in Finland on Instagram and find out who won and who lost by the score. But on this show, we like to talk about who actually won and who lost the game. So we'll start with the first game of the weekend, Helsinki Roosters versus the Wasser Royals. Q, who won it, who lost it? Um, Helsinki Roosters won the game, did everything they needed to do to to win the game. I think the Royals are still tired, still a little battered, injured um, from the gauntlet of games they've been playing. And uh, the Roosters looked a lot better um, in some aspects of it. Uh, passing game was 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 wasn't a big 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 plays all the time, but they did have. Uh, I can't say I remember saying his name. You you said it perfectly. I'm eighty nine. Uh, oh, um, Kayanda William Kayanda Kayanda. Yeah, so Kayanda. he showed up. Big. Yeah. It was it was his week. You know, he showed up big with a few big catches, and uh, Roosters defense played pretty good. They was able to 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 hold the Royals from from big plays and. Um, it was a must-win game for the Roosters, uh, so I'll say they won the game. Definitely, they just were just uh, the the better team um, against the Royals. What about you, Chris? What were your thoughts on it? I agree. I think they had a good game plan. They they couldn't go to Kitner, like you say. They were moving around trying to get the ball, but then when that wasn't working, they went elsewhere. QB play was efficient. I thought the defense played well. They did what they needed to do to keep the restrict the the Royals from scoring a lot. I think the Royals have digressed a little bit. They're oh, sorry, regressed a little bit is the word I'm looking for, because I, I, they're not the team that I thought they would be this season. I thought they would be more consistent and a better outfit, but it you know, seems like experience is killing them. You know, you know what I like about what you said. Like it seems like they regressed, and I think, and I'm not trying to be combative, but I think. More than they've regressed, everyone else has progressed. Mm. Everyone else is yeah. getting better, and the Royals are as good as they were, you know, in week four. You know, like where we had them saying, oh, they could be something, but they haven't reached that potential. They haven't gotten better while they're like, – yeah, go even, ahead. Even, even, I agree with you. Even the Wolverines, they've got so much better since the start of the season. Okay, yeah, they were that a win, but they've got so much better, and – and like you say, every team has got better, but the 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 Royals just they just don't seem to be there. It's really weird. This this is how I know the Royals aren't getting better, and other teams are. The Roosters made a big move to go get the Swedish cornerback. Right, he didn't play until the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't need him to play. Like obviously, he doesn't know the playbook, and that's why they didn't play him right away. Because he just got there, doesn't know the playbook, but. You have to think if they had two receivers, they would have threw his ass in there and be like, "Hey, cover that guy." 
but they didn't have to because yeah. the Royals still haven't gotten any better. And uh, we, We've been saying it all year as well about the Royals. They're missing that number two receiver. They just yeah. don't have a, jet, a legit number two receiver, and it hurt them. Yeah, I mean – that's the case. Uh, you only can do so much with just Alpha. Uh, but I want to throw a shout out <laughs> to Santu Vekamaki, who had seven receptions, 104 yards in a tub in this game. He came through really clutch. Like we said earlier, Danny Kittner wasn't able to really have his type of game. So Sinodinos was able to connect to his other receivers. Kayander had some great plays. I think two of his scores were over 40 yards. But Santu Vekamaki, he became that glue piece. He was making a lot of, you know, mid and deep catches, a lot of first down completions, a lot of, you know, plays to keep drives going and move the ball for this team from the 40 to 40 areas. And I, he did a really good job. He scored a touchdown as well. It was good to see him have one of those games because we've said it before, he's probably one of the better receivers in the league, but usually isn't targeted in this offense for some reason. So it was good to see him get a lot of targets. And uh, last thing I'm going to say about this game is, did anyone else see the sack where Tavi Aranpa, he goes through the Royals' right guard. He he blitzes. The right guard can't handle him. The right tackle from the Royals, I'm not going to say his name, but y'all know who he is, tries to help. He goes right through him. Then my boy Suosti tries to go in and block him. He goes right through Suosti and then <laughs> chases down. And he does, he goes through three players. Timothy Morvik sees it, goes left, sees that there's other roosters coming as well. And they've all went through one player. So then he turns back and then Aaron Paul is right there for a 15 yard sack. It was one of the most impressive plays I've seen all year because I've seen players beat one, two people. I haven't seen anyone beat three people yet and still be able to get to the quarterback. You got to do it pretty fast to get to the quarterback in that time, and he was able to do it. I think he had like a sack and a half in this game. I think he had like seven tackles or something too. So he had a really good game, but more than anything, that play was one of the most impressive plays I've seen all year. And just wanted to shout out to Tavi that that was a hell of a play, man, playing the linebacker position. Represent the community and buy us a coffee. AFF is run by volunteers who love the sport and want to give you the best coverage of it as possible. In true Finnish fashion, we love coffee and would appreciate any donation to help us buy a cup or two. You can donate online at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AFF23. Okay, so the second game was the UNC Crusaders versus the Corpio Steelers. It was a close one, but we know who won. Well, we know who won by the score. But in your opinion, Chris, who won or lost this game? So this this is tough because it, it was such a close game and you could quite easily say that the Crusaders lost. You could quite, quite easily say that the Steelers won. I'm going to go with the Steelers won and – the only reason why I'm going to say this is because I felt like they made plays at crucial times. Mm-hmm. When they needed to make a big play, they did one. They went to McDonald. He was mossing kids out there from under throwing balls. Yeah, I'm throwing shade. And he was <laughs> <laughs> he was making big plays. I felt like it was a bit of a shootout game when Reasonover got hurt. So 
I feel like they just did enough, but you could quite easily say that the, the Crusaders lost because they did have a chance to win that game. They did have a shot. So, I mean, I'm going to leave it up to you guys to debate it because I, I feel like we could get a 2-1 split or a sub here because it's, I, well, it's it could go either way. I'm going to throw in mine and then I'll let Q be the deciding vote. I Well, actually, I think I'm with you, Chris. I say the Steelers won it. But that's because I don't think the Crusaders have a team that should win any more games. So I don't think they can lose something they never had. I think from the very beginning of this game, the Steelers should have won, and then they did that. So they definitely won the game. Um, like like you said, mostly McDonald. That's pretty much all I really liked about this game was I felt like McDonald played great. Obviously, Reason overdid his thing until he got injured, but I felt like – with both of them, they were going to be fine this whole game. Like, you knew they were going to put up points. But, again, when you're playing against Crusaders, it's just – I mean, they have four four players, RJ, Seth, Cedric, Riley. And those four guys all went off. And it still wasn't enough. And that's just – that's the team that you're playing. When The good teams, when they play UNC, this is how it, it's going to look. Like, they almost have enough to beat them, but just not enough – because a lot of those guys are playing both ways. I think Seth had a tackle in this game. I don't know if Cedric played defense in this one or not. But, yeah, I think Steelers easily won it. What about you, Q? Mm. Although I picked Corpio to win the game anyway, um, I'll say Corpio won the game. I know y'all expecting me to probably say something different. But uh, Corpio won the game, and, and it's some of the same reasons Chris said um, they made the plays when they needed to. Obviously, UNC uh, had control of the game at one point. I think they were up 28-21 mm-hmm. uh, on a Yadiel uh, touchdown. Um, they did have the game in the grass. I think they had mo- more momentum than Corpio at a point. But then McDonald would always somehow make this big play and, and then they're right back down again. So, um it was definitely a good game, great game to watch. I think UNC, I don't agree with you saying UNC is not going to win anymore, like shouldn't win any more games with who they got because they're showing that they can be in any game against anybody. I think they could be in any game. It's just the depth um, and the loss of your best safety and best corner in one week. Um, but Think of, but it, think of it like on. this, um, just to throw this out here. Have, does any – just – if you know anything about like the NFL right now, think of a team like the LA Chargers, where they're a really good team. They're in all the games, but you don't ever see them in the AFC Championship. You don't ever see them winning the Super Bowl because they're they're missing just something. You know, Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he's not a you know AFC champion. And that's what UNC looks like. They're a really good team. They have some of the best players in the league. But when it comes push to shove and you know it's going to come down to the fourth quarter into the game, they're going to be close. When they need someone else to step up, there's no one there. That's the issue. It's it's nothing wrong with the guys that are actually making plays all game. But in that fourth quarter, you need someone not being paid to be on the team to make a play. And they just don't have that right now. And the imports and players they do have there, and shout out to Espana, since half their imports seem to be from Spain this season. 
They're doing a really good job, you know, supplementing that economy. Without those, like, core players to make plays in this league, this is how it comes down to. They've lost, what, three or four games by less than a score? Yeah. They've lost three points or even seven points. It's always three points or seven points. They've lost to Senioki, what, twice by a touchdown or less? And they lost to Porvu by less than a touchdown, I think. And I think the Steelers, I mean, almost every loss yeah, they've hard had. To finish them. Yeah. They can't finish them. Like you said, they're just missing that 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 one play or that one thing to to uh and that's what made me mention them losing the safety and losing the corner because mm-hmm. um although McDonald is good, I think maybe he doesn't really get those opportunities that easily if they had who they had before. But at the end of the day, to go back to the original question, Corpio won the game. So, yeah. Um, shout out to them. Yeah. Um. Last thing I just want to throw out about the game because I feel like I feel like this is how we're gonna talk about UNC for the rest of the season. It's like y'all are so great, but uh, <laughs> but I did I did <laughs> see someone stand out. They had number twenty four at D lineman. I want to say his name is Amador Lopez. He was everywhere. Number twenty. All I remember is number twenty four was he was making plays for them defensively, and that's a good sign to see from them because you, at some point someone else is going to have to step up outside of these names that we know so well. And hopefully, obviously, from what I've heard, you know, recruiting isn't over in this league. Um, even today, the butcher signed someone to their team, so the Crusaders. I mean, I don't know what their bank looks like. I ain't even watching their pockets, but. If they got a little money to spend to bring a couple players in, that's that's what they need to get that playoff push is they're going to have to win some of these games they've been losing by less than a touchdown. Flag football in Finland. Yes, the annual AFF Turkey Bowl flag football tournament is back for the fourth consecutive year. This year's five-on-five flag football tournament will be held on November 11th at Mukala Sports Hall in Lati. Men's and women's teams are invited to play in a fun and competitive environment with bragging rights on the line. Registration is open until September 1st, so sign your squad up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash turkey dash bowl. Last game of the weekend, Porvu Butchers versus City Oki Crocodiles. It was a barn burn. I mean, not really, mm. but... It, it was a it was a really tight first quarter, zero to zero. And then Crocodiles ran away with the second quarter, but then the Butchers took away the third quarter. Like it's it's crazy how close and far away it was. It was stretches of scoring from both teams and stretches of good defense at some, at different points as well. But I'll lead this one off. I would say you know what? I'm, I'm gonna just go throw this out there. I said, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute!" <laughs> I, the, I'm gonna say, "Wait a the, minute!" The butchers lost it. What? Yeah, yeah. I said what? it. What? I, I said, I said it. Yeah, I said it. What? Uh, and now here's my reasoning. I feel like I have to defend this. I don't want to defend it too much, but the reason I say the butchers lost is because the situation they were in. They're the underdog. Underdog. They know that last time they played them, they didn't have a good out and didn't have all the players. They made a lot of changes, and they overthought the situation. You know, when like you're like, oh, he's gonna go left, so I'm gonna go right. But he might know 
that I know he's going to go left, so I'm going to go right. So now I'm going to go left. But then he might think I think that too, so now I'm going to go right. That's what it looked like. They had linebackers playing defensive line, safeties playing outside linebacker. They had um, blitzes in certain situations that made almost no sense. They were doing a lot of different things that weren't being successful. Offensively, they weren't actually trying to move the ball. They were trying to win matchups that they couldn't win. They didn't have the advantage, and they were just going forcing the ball into certain situations, and it just looked like they weren't prepared. And then when they came out in the second half, they went back to doing what they normally could do, and they started having success, but it was too late. As most teams have found out playing against the Crocodiles, once they get a lead, they're not going to just let you back in the game. And that's what happened with the Butchers. That's why I said they lost the game is because if they would have came out in the beginning of the game like the Butchers instead of whoever the hell they were trying to be, they might have won this game. They really might have. I still think they would have gave up 28 to 35 points, but they probably would have scored the same amount as well. But – Again, that's where I'm at with it. So what about you, Q? What, who do you think won or lost it? I'm going to say uh, the Crocs won the game. And, and the reason I'm going to say this is uh, not just to the fact that they're they're the top team, but I don't think this game goes the way it goes. I think it should have been worse. I think it should have been a blowout from watching the game. It should have actually been a blowout. Um, um, I think it, sh- it should have been a blowout. And, and not saying that Porvo didn't show up to play, but the first half they didn't. Yeah, first half was 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 nasty. Was was offensively, they couldn't do anything. Um, the only reason that I think Porvo ended up being in the game is because they obviously had the matchups that they wanted um, on the defense side of the ball that allowed them to get back in the game. Um, yeah. The the Crocs defensive coordinator, I don't know what he was thinking. You're up two touchdowns. Um, there's no need for it to go man. There's no need to do double line blacks backer blitzes when you have a good D line. Let your D line rush. Let, let your D line rush and get to let them work. What's the point of sending six men when you don't have to? You're up two touchdowns. What's, what's the point of it? It's like you, 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 you. When you get to that point where you feel like, all right, let's get fancy for what? You didn't have to. The offense wasn't moving. It wasn't doing anything really. And then you start going, man. And obviously your receivers. Are probably going to win those battles. But anyway, they still have so the best receivers in the league. So yeah, still still have the best receivers. So you can't put your you can't put your defensive backs in a position to where they need they have to run all the way across the field to cover post against Miko Sepinen, against Nottingham, against uh Errol. Like these are these are just stuff. These are chances you can't make because for one, they're a young team. They are young players. If they get the momentum at home, they're going to get back in the game, and that's exactly what happened. The Crocs let them back in the game. Defensively, they let them back in the game. Now, offensively, I know I don't expect Whitehead to go out there in the second half and throw three or four touchdowns against them. I didn't expect that, but I did expect the Crocs' defense to be firm and steady and not let them get as many big plays in the second half. But defensively, they put they was in, they got put in some bad calls. Um, you got Mickey who started hurting you on the passing game out of the backfield. Line you, you you got and I'm like watching the defensive side. I'm watching the linebackers or or dropping in a curl and just covering grass uh, and just covering grass. Just covering like grass. these are these are adjustments that you make as a defense coordinator. You say, hey, 
now that they have to score points, they're going to throw the ball, obviously, on first down, second down. They're going to throw the ball. If Mickey J comes out of the backfield, go straight to him. Yeah. If they if they, they haven't thrown a curl all game. <laughs> What's a curl? A curl? So, they run so post and <laughs> Yeah, like what, what are you even dropping to a curl for? They don't even run curls. So um, that's why I say the Crocs, the Crocs still won the game, though, because they did enough um, and they got – they got a sweet call. At, at, they got a, the, the refs was on their side. I mean, they won the game to me in my eyes. Um, I think they still were the better team. Yeah. Um, I just think they got put in some bad predicaments towards the end of the game. What about you, Chris? Win or loss? Just clipping on to the end of what Q just said, I'm going to say the referees lost the game for the butchers. <laughs> <laughs> on that blown call. I, jeez, how you get that wrong? Like, they, so I don't think they got it wrong though. Like they didn't get it wrong. It was there was no one there. There, yeah. there was no referee there who was got who was supposed to make the call. Yeah, bad. But uh here's my real answer though. I'm gonna say the crocodiles won. Yeah. And the reason being they executed their game plan. Like Q said, the butchers offense were really null and void in the first half, kind of. They weren't really showing up. Okay, they hit some nice post routes towards the end of the game and some some deep crossers and stuff. But like, like you said, the, the, the Crocodiles almost lost that game be, because they went too exotic and they didn't need to go to man and they changed their game plan. But they did enough. They won the game. They executed well. You know, CP15 in power we trust. When he gets over 200 yards, you're winning the game. Like, you, you ain't losing. So, yeah, the Crocodiles won for me. Yeah, just last thing I want to say on this is, you know, at halftime, I went and got me a butcher's hat and I put that hat on because it was 21-0. And, you know, it was starting to look like a blowout. And with that hat on, the butchers came out and scored 21 points and only gave up seven. So if anyone is doing the math, if I had wore my hat the whole game, <laughs> butchers probably would have won. That's why I said uh-huh. that, that's the real reason why they lost. Is I, I'll take the blame for this one, Porvo. You waited too late. I, I'll take the blame. I put the hat on too late, and that's how it happens. And anyone out there who, you know, I mean, talking to other teams now, UNC, I do not have a UNC hat. That might be the reason why they're not winning these games. Somebody needs might to be one. I can't go to lawyer. That's not ever going to happen. So if anybody wants to, you know, swing by Lati or – you know, I might be in Helsinki at some time, but, you know, maybe a UNC hat will get them a win. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. All right, that's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, fellas? Uh, did, we didn't ever find out what they kicked uh, 33 out of the Royals game for. But, uh, <laughs> hey, to... I, we do know why he got kicked out, right? We do? Oh, I didn't hear. He, what, what was the reason? He had two personal fouls. That's an automatic ejection. It must have been two unsportsmanlike. So yeah, two unsportsmanlike. It's not personal foul. Yeah, he had two unsportsmanlike in the same drive. 
I didn't even talk uh, about it. I wrote that in my notes. I've seen it. I've seen they posted on the 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 Vatra League meme page, but it looked like it was like they were kind of like doing some extra chippy stuff to him. Like yeah, they were they was baiting him. Yeah, they, he baited, got, they basically baited him. Yeah, he was getting like pushed in the back away from the play after the whistle, like out of the frame. You could see a lineman like pushing him and keep pushing him. Yeah. And then he came back and hit the lineman or something, and that's what the ref saw. If you know football, yeah. it's always a second guy yeah, that gets caught. Yeah, and they, that's they, they always was. Him. He was getting baited for sure. But he had two unsportsmanlike yeah. in one drive, and they had a pass interference in that same drive. They gave up 45 <laughs> yards of penalties in that wow. one drive, and the Roosters ended up scoring. But, yeah. I forgot all about that because there's so much other stuff to talk about. Sorry. I haven't written, written in my notes right here. 45 penalty yards because he had that and the, the PI. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your last words. Any other last words? Well, no. <laughs> that's it. Um, hey, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. We're starting to get to the business end of the season where teams can't make the playoffs mathematically. So it's it's win or go home time for some teams. So let's get it. Yeah, now that we're talking about you know like playoffs and stuff. Hey, September like was it ninth or something? Sinayoki, that's where it's gonna be. I think it's time that people start you know booking hotels, finding out where the after party is, seeing if AFL mm-hmm. will be there. You know, it's time to start getting ready. It's like what? It's July, August, basically a month, month and a half away. Six weeks, something like that. Everybody needs to start getting ready. So, if you enjoy the show, please follow us on all podcast outlets, including YouTube. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well or like and subscribe. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Anything less than five stars lets us know you are a hater. You can also follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time. Never forget T I F. We gone. gone. We gone. American football in Finland. Attention, business owners and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to connect with passionate American football enthusiasts in Finland? Look no further than the American Football in Finland podcast. With over 1,000 dedicated subscribers and an impressive 20,000 downloads, your message can reach a captive audience eager for your products or services. Take advantage of over 10,000 monthly social media impressions to boost your brand's visibility. Imagine the impact of your message resonating with this engaged community. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to increase brand awareness drive traffic, and grow your business. Contact us today to secure your exclusive ad spot on the American Football in Finland podcast. Get ready to score big with your target audience.